Here we are again. We're back. Yep. How's it going? New year, new me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our first first time recording in the new year. <laughs> Not our first episode of the new year for anyone listening, but anyone listening fresh. Yeah. But for I us. I feel like I was in the, um, you know, the, the other dimension and now I've stepped into the beyond or you, something. Wait, you feel like you were in the beyond yeah, and then just came I'm back, back from I'm it? Yeah, coming back. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think I know why you said that. Why? Because today's film is The Beyond. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. Sorry. From Beyond, not The Beyond. <laughs> we already, we already watched, watched that one. That. <laughs> we kept doing that. Whatever. And we will be talking about From Beyond. What if this was a sequel to The Beyond? Oh, what? How cool would that be? I can't. Okay. I can't this do that. too much. No, I can't. <laughs> Especially because I was just about to say we were going to be talking about From Beyond on our show. And I was going to say what our show is. It is Dismembering Horror. You are listening to. This is precisely episode 73 of Dismembering Horror. It's the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan. That's him. And that's me. Yep. We talk about a horror film Every week, one that we've we're, well, we're we're hoping there's something. You know, we're hoping to get something out of it, one way or the other. <laughs> but we're really just checking them off. Yeah, we just, we just want to see them all. <laughs> yeah, see what we haven't seen. There's a lot, and uh, we talk about yeah. There's a lot, but less so as we talked about than comedies maybe or yeah or dramas. I you know I I can't remember where I found this but I I remember finding a master list of every horror film. <laughs> it's on um there's a letterboxed one. Holy I wonder, shit, dude. Could it be more than like other like maybe like westerns just still exist like more than anything because of back in the heyday but I wonder what the actual stats know. are now cuz with just how many like shitty horror movies that are made that no one ever sees yeah like it's funny because you like (laughs) at the beginning you know if you go chronologically it's it's pretty interesting because you recognize a fair amount of Mm -hmm. them because obviously not that many were being made and then you get to like i don't know you get to like the late 80s and Mm -hmm. suddenly it's just like hundreds of thousands of them it seems it's like it's such a big right. jump i found it every horror film made from ni- 1895 to present <laughs> there, there are 21,035 films oh and we're on episode Wait, 70 how many <laughs> 21,035 oh, all right and we're on episode uh, i exaggerated 73 <laughs> oh and uh oh and i was gonna finish saying what we do on the show real quick sure as we talk about what works for us, what didn't work for us about a film, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy. Yeah. Very much what just Tim and I thought. We don't, we, in fact, we... We don't fucking care what you thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your own podcast. No. Get your own fucking opinion. No. Um, we just hope it spurs, it spurs 
thinking either which way because that's what's fun about it is like when when you watch these films and you're like us which we're assuming you are you kind of want to like digest them and be like well what do i how do i kind of log it and i think a way to do that is just to think about in terms of what worked what didn't and anything interesting or noteworthy here we are i was so pleased to see that we got a review that literally said like the whole premise of our show. <laughs> he was like, yeah, my wife really doesn't like horror films or maybe it was a girlfriend. I think it was his wife. Uh-huh. And he's like, so it's like really nice to actually get to like hear people talking about a yes. thing. And I was like, yeah, that's Tim what and we're Ryan. doing. <laughs> Ryan and Tim, we're here for you. Yeah. And let's get in. We got, we got, oh, you know, sorry, real quick to catch up from last week's thing. Cause we, we like to do that too. Housekeeping as they call it. Um, Remember last week's film, Tim, Wish Upon? Just <laughs> Boy, do I. <laughs> I did some research that would have been for our things of note oh. uh, that we didn't get to. But just that uh, that it has like a sequel. Or sorry, it is a remake. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Wish Upon does not it, have a sequel. I My, my stomach just <laughs> dropped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a remake of a movie uh, called uh, Feng Shui... And there is oh. a feng shui too, but um, look at this. Look at the picture. It's like the same. Yeah. It's like the same box. Okay. So they were actually pulling from something. So, so, but here's the difference though. Even though the box is the same, it's about like more the magic of the mirror. It's not actually a wish box. It's oh, got some other supernatural okay. property right. to it. Cool. Cool. So it was just interesting that for the remake, they made it look the same yet completely changed the premise. Hmm. Well, sounds like a remake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and, he, and then here's the short IMDb description for Feng Shui 2, just because. <laughs> Long time afterwards, after Joy has last seen the Bagua Mir, a man named Lester finds it having the same experience like what Joy had. It's up to Joy to help Lester against the curse and the deadly consequences. So I think we should see both of those ASAP. Wow. All They're, right. They, they can't be worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, they could be, but. <laughs> All right. Should we get to it then? Yeah. All right. From Beyond, we start with the trailer. So here is mm. the trailer for From Beyond. Every journey begins in the mind. <laughs> A flight of imagination. <laughs> of what might lie across the universe or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. Ah, such easy prey. From the makers of Reanimator, from beyond. Glorious. Great. Nice and short. We let you hear the full thing. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Our summary. No, our rating. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ooh. I think, I mean, Ooh. tell me if you disagree, Tim, but I think it definitely was a shining bright spot after some lackluster films. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I don't want that to sway my my opinion, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hide and seek and wish upon into From Beyond, which was, 
I think, pretty great. What did I say about The Lighthouse? We both gave it by it. I think I'm going to buy it for this movie. Yeah, this is one that I would also be very proud to have on my shelf. It's it's almost like I want more of it. Yeah, but I, what I realized... It's great. Yeah. But like, it's so good. I'm like, fuck, I wish there was even more. Which is kind of the best movies, yeah. though. They yeah. leave you wanting more. But I... When, I mean, one of the things I'll get into and what worked is like it's there's a lot as far as like what's working about it. Like, let's just pick the effects. There's like a lot in there. Mm -hmm. There's it's it's enough to go back to and be like, oh, that one, that one, yeah. that one. They're yeah. all so fun in it. I don't know, man. And there there is a, a Scream Factory director's cut oh, really? release of it on Blu-ray. So hmm. there's a pretty looking copy we can get for our buy it. Yeah, it's just. It's sort of working on all cylinders <laughs> for like the time it was made, yeah, the style of it. You can't make these practical films effects like like even the even the la like the lacking effects. You know, just the the restrained effects because of the time are and, fine and or budget. It's only like two or three little things that it's like yeah, I, that's you but know, it, that's that... an animated something. Right. I the, don't care. That all works and it's get the, right. gets, it gets the charm pass. It gets the, because yeah, it's, it's for its charm. It's the same thing as like the, the uh, electricity sort of hand, ghost hand thing that comes out of the TV and poltergeist. It's like, it's very clearly an animated thing, but it is part of that era's you know, right. special effects style like the, and it totally is fine. The creativity is on display still. Yeah. They're totally going for it. Yeah. What they are, you know, like, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Boy, are they. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's like a, a good, tight, fun script too. Yeah. You, you know, what's weird is I, throughout watching it, I kept thinking, I recognize a bunch of this, mm -hmm. but I, I don't, think i've watched this movie before so i must have i don't know i it, it may be it's one of a couple possible things it's either that it's come up so often in lists that i've like looked into it without watching it because i didn't have access to it so i've seen like you know you, you see a list online or something and it shows like the, the trailer or something like that or i definitely recognize images from this movie like the thing coming out of the forehead, yeah. like that. I've seen that. I so, feel like I just recognize the cover of like when he's all, you know, transformed and his shoulders yeah. attached to his head. It may be that I picked up the physical box in Video Barn a thousand times and was always like, that might be too much for me. Like <laughs> as a little kid. That might be too much for me. <laughs> yeah, for little Tim, <laughs> who's, who's like looking for horror films, kept picking that one up and going, mm, I'm not ready. Not for you, tiny Tim. <laughs> So, yeah, it was super familiar. And then I was pleased to be like, I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. There's so much in it. I'm like, I definitely haven't seen this before, but it's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Great. Great. <laughs> Boom. Buy it, buy it across the board from beyond. Thanks, guys. There you go. Jeffrey Combs seals the deal. Mm -hmm. Boom, bada boom. Um, okay. Now, now is the summary. <laughs> okay. How do you summarize this? Um, okay, so... <laughs> uh, Crawford. 
All right. Dr. Crawford, he's like a physicist Dr. or something. Dr. Crawford Tillinghast. Right. Known as Crawford. He decides to turn on an experimental machine that his mentor, I guess, another his guy. mentor slash kind of partner. Yeah. Dr. Edward Pretorius. The Igor. He's the Igor to his Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, right? Uh-huh. That's a good analogy. So Crawford... They're De- like decides to turn the thing on. They're in a, a makeshift. They, they just like have a big old mansion with an attic and lots of like, like revolutionary war paraphernalia. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why the fuck did they live there? Like, what's the significance of that? Um, there may be in the short story or maybe that was whatever. It doesn't matter. Where are we? We're, we're talking about a summary here. Yeah. Okay. So. So Crawford decides to fucking turn the machine on. And the machine that they've built is supposed to sort of, uh, uh, you know, bridge the gap between their world and some other plane of existence. They, they're both turning it on, though, at this point, right? It's No, the, the opening, it's just him. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So... But he's around. He the, oh, yeah. It. He tells him, oh, it worked, by the way. Right. He does it and he does it in a specific way where he does it in a very limited way. There are four like tuning forks <laughs> resonating forks on it. And and Crawford turns one of the forks on. It's so cool. And he it, it tears, you know, a hole in in the fabric of dimensions, I guess. <laughs> and some months he sees some monsters and they bite his face and. They're like eel type floating things. And he turns it off (laughs) and uh, runs downstairs to tell his partner or mentor or whatever, Pretorius, that it fucking worked. Pretorius, meanwhile, is totally preoccupied with his weird sex slave dungeon thing that he's built. Who we'll get we'll get back around to that. So the story is that. Pretorius then says, well, fucking A, let's rock and roll and turns the whole thing on. And we don't know really what happens, but shit goes down and Pretorius ends up losing his head. Yeah. And then Crawford. Literally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, literally. Like his head is twisted <laughs> off of his body and disappears. So Crawford then is arrested because he tries to run out of the house and the cops come and blah, blah, blah. He's arrested. And so the story really is Crawford kind of being accused of just being a schizophrenic and a murderer. And this doctor, a psychiatrist, uh, Catherine McMichaels, coming in and sort of saying, hang on, I think there might be something else going on here. And then the two of them team up with her bodyguard kind of guy that she's Someone brought along. Someone representative from the law side of things. Yeah. Like a it, de- he, detective representative. Yeah. Um, they then go to fucking like investigate. Bubba Brownlee. That's right. Some like they investigate the actual machine. And then, whoa boy, does shit just get weird and crazy and, and awesome. And that's... Kind of what we kind of just said, though, is just that setup as far as it really is just once the three of them get there. Yeah. It's just kind of like this um, increasing like the 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 resonation <laughs> yeah. of the, the forks. Yeah. <laughs> so more, more horror happens. More creatures attack them. It's harder yeah. for them to turn it off. It's, yeah. It's turning itself back on. Oh, and then I guess the main for, like antagonistic forces, though, are mm-hmm. Dr. Edward 
Pretorius who like is, you know, it's like he's the force ghost. He, that, that what killed him yeah. made him stronger. He's still popping up from the other dimension and is like gone mm-hmm. even crazy and is more like pleasure obsessed than ever. Right. Because the big connection to the machine that they've invented is that it is it is causing it is using their pineal gland, which is this tiny little gland in the hypothalamus in your brain. Um, it is essentially like growing that gland by resonating. There's some sort of connection. It's kind of pseudosciencey, whatever bullshit. But um, that is the driving force. And then what that growth of that gland and the connection of that gland to the other dimension is what's spurring their behavior and their sort of like, what would you call that? The the, the bad decisions on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is the driving force of Pretorius's consciousness slash mutant body melded yeah. creature from the other, from beyond coming to like get them. And we also have in uh, another additional antagonistic force, the uh, Dr. Dr. Block. Ah, fuck her. (laughs) Exactly. She's a bad guy. She sucks. (laughs) She's she represents the like the 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 skeptical doctors like you're all just crazy. We're going to put you away. All that stuff. Oh, I hate her character. Fun to hate, though. Right. No, purposefully, you know, like serving the purpose. Yeah. Cool. I feel like that covers most of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's some like, we'll get into it, but like this sort of connection of why the pineal gland is even the thing and what the, why that was the, what was written about by Lovecraft. So this is based on a Lovecraft short story, like why he chose that particular thing. There's all sorts of rabbit hole historically like how humans have viewed what that gland represents i know shoot i just fall that's a you just fall down a fucking i just found like deep the, hole the perfect uh <laughs> article oh some, cool some atlantic article no but i haven't read it so it's like well, maybe you'll have to re- what i guess what my point is is there's a lot yeah historically it's a deep deep dive but like in the, the movie uh, where it takes you know real life inspiration as far as not maybe what is real, but connections right. being drawn is the like connection to the third eye. Right. You are awakening um, perceptions not normally available to you. Right. And, and that's I somehow think, connected to the pineal gland. Yeah. And, and I think kind of uh, maybe this is more of a thing of pineal? note, but uh, <laughs> pineal. Yeah, I think um, I think it was Descartes who was kind of popularizing that idea. Mm. Rene Descartes. Um, even though that idea, it, it, he didn't come up with it, but like, I think his, um, his writing and philosophy, uh, attached this idea that, 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 that the pineal grant, gland is quote, principal seat of the soul. And that was a, you know, not an uncommon way of looking at it pre knowing what the fuck the thing did in the first place. Cause it's really small and it sits in a place in your brain that's actually, um, not to get too into the the anatomy of it, but it's between the hemispheres and it's also outside of the blood brain barrier. So it it 
it, it's its own it's in its own little space. All I can picture it's is crazy. just the weird, gross little like <laughs> sperm thing coming out of their head now. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, brain shit is cool, so it's a fun one to kind of get into if you want to go down that path. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Great. Okay. The end. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like kind of glancing at this article. <laughs> Um, okay, well, no, let's move on because a lot worked for this for us, I think. So yeah, definitely. Let's talk about it. Our first section, what worked. What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? What worked for you? A lot worked for me, Tim. I loved... Um, how it's just from the get-go like first is you just get thrown right into it he's just fucking flipping switches yeah. and pressing buttons and it's like a seven minute like intro with like full with the effects the 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 dimensional eels appear right. as soon as he turns it on super cool and then i was immediately just on board too like with anything where it's just like a unique like setting as you mentioned like when you said it, it was kind of like okay they're like this dude not I think I think it went. I, I assumed it was kind of all um, uh, Pretorius's house. Yeah, but just kind of like okay, so he has his sex dungeon and he's like into weird Confederate stuff, and it's like they're like living together, and it's behind the mansion. So I, I just not to be a corrections, Nancy, but it, it really is revolutionary, like um, war era stuff it's like the flag with thir okay. 13 stars it's pictures of george washington it's it's, well, well, it's very much there's no civil war is stuff that what is it though, though that when it's the snake like that don't just tread on thing? me yeah yeah that was the taxation without representation okay. is sort of where that came out of like don't fucking tell me that i have to do, <laughs> well, do that's whatever an old one of those is framed on the wall right the so <laughs> so all of that stuff what makes me realize in in what little i know about lovecraft but i have have read a handful of his stuff i have like one book of short stories of his um most of his stories take place in new england in connecticut uh or massachusetts and so i think that what they're doing by i, I think they're just pulling that uh that aesthetic from his stories yeah and saying you know we're in this realm you know well, this I, sort of the effect colonial colonial house you <laughs> the know effect that works for me though the what it adds up to is as as nice as it is to be able to say oh yeah so you know it takes place at a sorority okay it takes place at a camp i like just being well when you go okay so it takes place at a well, it's like a, like what we just did. Well, it's like a mansion, and I think these two dudes live together. And it's like, you know, I they're, like they're when it's just... building shit in a house that, like, what is yeah. going on? And why are they in that one? Right, I love, but I love it. And it's, like, behind gate, and I guess he's rich. And it's, I, I, I just love it when you can't, when you're just kind of like, okay, cool, this is new. I'm just getting right. on board with whatever this is. Like, and that helped. It worked so well with the getting thrown into it as far as everything else. Like, it started with straight up it didn't milk anything as far as stuff appearing yeah i mean i guess this is kind of one of the reasons i like love the lovecraft stuff i've read too is that for whatever reason i'm not even sure how like what it is but that and i've lived there so i've lived in those places connecticut and, and massachusetts and and new york state to some degree has some of this but um even like where my brother lives in new hampshire and and 
my friends live in Maine. Like that, the, there is a very specific sort of aesthetic to New England that is that like uh, colonial, damp. It's fucking depressing. Shit's old. Everything's made out of wood. You know, there's this coziness and dampness and kind of happening at the same time and the and the like oldness of things that is evocative i am not exactly sure what causes that like what it is that i'm receiving from that Mm -hmm. but like when i think of new england i think of dark and damp and like dark wood and uh fires and fireplaces and stone shit like stuff that's made from stone and stone walls and like wasn't exactly that no but it has (laughs) just enough of the flavor of that Uh to kind of go Oh, yeah. Like, we're probably over there. Mm-hmm. And for me, at least, because I have a, you know, it, 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 it I know, like, it, it's it's hitting that note. So. Wait, they're on. What's the name of the street they're on? Oh, my God. It's Benevolent Street. Yeah, that, that's in the book. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't know why it works, but it does work. It's part of like what you're saying. There's, it's weird because uh-huh. it seems disconnected. It's like why there, which plays into Lovecraftian. It's Ex- just yes. not replaceable. Exactly. And I want to say well, you got me thinking too. Something that like it's this movie's fascinating to pick apart because like Lovecraftian horror. You think it's like about it only works in story form. It's really tricky to translate. It's about not seeing things. Mm. But this finds a. a a fun way of like no we're just gonna make it a monster movie you yeah. see everything yet it's still also pretty rooted in unfathomable like the ideas still work in a way yeah so like what you're saying just as far as uh i, I don't know like the, the the sort of where 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 it leaves you off on is very mm-hmm. like that slightly wavery uncertain ground yeah helps. like i don't know why i'm feel a little uncomfortable yeah. but i do and it's i mean I've, maybe and it seems true to like at least what i've read the writing style of it's kind of like the first sentence is always just like here's the whole thing up front <laughs> yeah. you know here's the ridiculous thing that we're gonna experience yeah. just right off the bat and then you know it's cool use that <laughs> as the jumping off so it does it's true to that yeah definitely yeah i mean just <laughs> just the fucking the energy of of uh our lead guy jeffrey combs um what's his name crawford so good he's just so he himself is just weird enough (laughs) yeah right but he's really likable Mm -hmm. like i don't dis even when he becomes a shitty right sort of like possessed monster thing you still like no we we missed him and we're rooting for him it's different from what i've seen him because like i love him and what else i've seen but it's always like in reanimator he's despicable He's like yeah, a cat yeah. killing and just decrazed and like doesn't care about the girlfriend of the other guy, like all That's this true. stuff. And then the Frighteners, he's just some insane like FBI guy, but he's like incredible in both. Yeah. So it was fun just to see him. He's just like a sweatered guy who is the, you know, the, the good guy in this he case. Definitely, he definitely, is this a thing of note? No, it worked. So it's really nice to see him like... In actuality, he's a pretty fucking athletic, like, he's pretty close to, like, leading man hero guy. And, like, most other stuff you see him in, he's he's playing up the other side that he's really good at, which is being meek 
and kind of like nerdy meek like meh guy. Yeah. But in actuality, and you see it in this movie, like when he decides to kind of take on the monster, you s- and and when he moves, he's he is an athletic dude. He like jumps, he jumps over, over shit. He yeah. like gets ready to fight at one point. I'm like, "Whoa, that this is not meek nerd guy. Like he's physically like an actually adept you know, athletic dude. Well, it's it's fun. It, it is the kind of like the Igor Frank. He's both kind of Igor Frank, but the actualized nerd. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, it was nice. It was like cool to see him get to be that guy. Well, and it, it makes sense for whatever arc is there for him too, as far as like, he's, you know, fully actualized as himself. He's like a full confident what he does guy, but it's just that he's, what he's seen is now making him go insane. Yeah. Well, and then a fucking worm eats his head. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that what a bummer. Forever changed after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how it sucked his hair off. How did that happen? Well, look, you don't know, <laughs> but I would argue that that worm monster specifically eats hair. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm assuming that's what ate the other guy's head off, right? No, because no. that was a twist. That's a twister monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a fucking basement warm water monster that like basement. just, you know yeah. what it is? It's a fucking shower drain. Yeah. That's what it is. It just I meant, eats hair. I meant to bring in my friend again since it had the same row of teeth. <laughs> Do you remember the lamprey oh I bought God. in? Fuck no. I don't want to see that <laughs> I, thing again. I could again. never think of like when an excuse to bring it in. I totally forgot. <laughs> Didn't we like name it? Didn't you have a name for it or something? We named it and I forget. Gross. Don't um, bring okay, that in here. But we are Thank on to th- God, you like just I don't fucking like hide it in here. Please. <laughs> Wait, that was for uh listen to our shivers episode if you're wondering what we're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Um Oh my god. Okay, we are on the track though of um talking about uh when you brought up Jeffrey Combs thinking yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. actors just to so get good, it. So good. Just so yeah, just to get it out of the so way. Good. They're all great. Even like, you know, who's fun to hate? The the Dr. Block. Yeah, um, Carolyn Purdy Gordon. I'm assuming. I'm just looking at Purdy. the Purdy. Um, Ken Forey, right? Dude. Dawn of the Dead. Dude, dude, dude. So good. He was, yeah, he was, I really liked him as a, a sort of sane presence. Like, he wasn't just the muscle, you know? He no, was like, I've seen this on the he's streets. Us. This is he's junkie. like this grounded sort of like, hey, this is a fucking bad idea. Yeah. Like, he's every man saying, no, no, no. <laughs> and then um, Barbara Crampton, of course, too. Oh, Another what cult, a fucking dream, cult, right? Cole actor from, um, you know, like Jeffrey Combs from these uh, the Stuart Gordon films. Um, yeah, she's she, great. She was, yeah, she's she makes a really good turn too. Like she, they did a good job of sort of that cliche of like the nerd who lets her hair down. Yeah. You know, like it's fun because it is a cliche, Mm -hmm. but she actually does a pretty fucking good job at it. It was built into the story. Right. Too. And she is as fun for me as like immediately um, sympathize with her as far as, you know, she's just open minded enough. She's like, okay, no, let's do the test anyways, because it will lead to more tests or lead to, you know, it's always new information yeah. rather than, you know, juxtaposed against the bad guy doctor. Right, right. You know, and she's like, oh, well, look at the pineal gland expanded. That maybe, you know, and there's at least just the inkling of, you know, like the true science minded of like, I'm not jumping to assumptions. Sure. Like, I'm just following the train. We have, even though this guy, by all our knowledge, should be like, is a schizophrenic and crazy? Like, 
a true scientist, I think, you know, they follow, yeah. well, what if he's telling the truth? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I just liked that that was her, that was kind of her character. I, I especially like, even though it's not good science, that she keeps calling them, turning the machine on an experiment. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It is an experiment, but not really by definition. <laughs> right. Like, you're experimenting. <laughs> but well, that just worked, too, to show her that she was like... You could see why she got into it all is yeah. because she just has a love for, you know, knowledge. And we and we already set up with uh, Dr. Pretorius how there's a danger in that. Yeah, like she, the, oh, the obsession, the the borderline, you know. Wanting knowledge. Yeah, how that can, the slippery slope of that. Wanting too much, yeah. Right. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that covers it. They're all great. They're, yeah, they are really fun. It's fun to see a movie that's, I mean, there's other characters, obviously, but really not. They're, yeah. They're just side characters um i particularly like the nurse who there's an entire scene where she's just standing between the conversation oh. and she like does not move at all she's just staring with this like weird look on her face for like two and a half minutes and then finally gets to say something and like run after her <laughs> uh who does she run after barbara i guess uh-huh. uh but she's really funny it's just a weird quirky thing to throw in there my favorite of maybe the little side characters or one-off characters, just to then get it out of the way, the performance of the homeless guy on the gurney. So good. Who's this, his screams. He was going for it, Tim. Yeah. yeah. So good. Do, who is that guy? Do we know? Is uh, he somebody? I don't know. Oh, man. We'll look it up for things of note. Um, It's so... <laughs> that kind of stuff, it's... I mean, it is really the flavor of these filmmakers, too, is, is being able to be like, look, it's sort of the like there are no small roles, whatever the fucking saying is like everybody's selling their shit in this one, mm -hmm. even the smallest character mm -hmm. and like the shortest amount of screen time. It's like they're still just fucking rocking it. And I love that. And I think that's. It's equally a testament to like the actors being on board and the directors being like, no, 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 like you're important. Like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. Remember what you just saw. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, take that. Um, oh, it's so good. I, I guess some other general things, just the kind of like we mentioned, the structure of very simple. Like a lot of times it like bugs me to do the whole like do the finale in the location that was at the beginning. Yeah. But like, I can see that, but this totally worked. Yeah. With it's the contained scale. It going just, back. It just felt right. And it was like, like I would have been totally fine if just the whole thing was just the increasing fracassing happening at the house, but it just felt right. Like how the hospital, like this felt like the, the, all the hospital stuff in the middle was kind of like the perfect interlude and like opened up the world just enough. Cause like really we only have the two locations, the house and the hospital. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mostly the house, the hospital, which is set up a little bit at the beginning, then back to the house for the big finish. Yeah. <laughs> and it like moves well, never drags. And that's just all with the structure. Too. Well, it is a very, very uh, lean 80 minute movie. Yeah. Like it just cooks. The, I don't know if it's the one we watched, but the, the running time of the unrated cut is 86 minutes. Oh, OK. Well, six more minutes of glory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unrated glory. Hey. Um, yeah. The yeah. And how it escalated too. of just. OK, so yeah. from the way beginning, we just see these 
before the even the credits happen, opening credits happen, the eels appear and he gets bit in the face by one. <laughs> I love it. And it's like from there on though, it's like, oh cool. Now now he's able to turn it on from the beyond. And uh I don't know, it's great. I the love... monster is <sighs> Oh yeah. The des- the creature design is fucking amazing. Okay, yeah. Come on. And that's kind of what I said too. There's so much, like I want to rewatch it just because yeah. there's so many moments of just the squidging and the squirming of the creatures and how they transformed. And then once, you know, including um, Dr. Pretorius, you know, the different ways he transformed and all that. <laughs> um, I loved, I just called them the, uh, the beyond bees. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, what even are they? They're little, they're beyond. Were they fly? Like they're, but it looked like they were just little, little beads. B E A D. (laughs) You mean like, what was the effect? Yeah. I mean, like they're pellets. Like I, it, it was sort of indistinguishable of, you know, like (laughs) it wasn't like a fly, even though the effect made it feel like they were like a swarm of flies. There was no close up that sort of told you, oh, this is what you're looking at. Which is fucking great. It's freaky as hell. Yeah. The beyond bees. They're just fucking these weird little balls. And then when they ate apart Ken Forey and just how he looked all eaten apart. Heartbreaking and wonderful. Oh, just brutal. Just like the effects themselves having that, uh, the splatter gooey quality, uh, just everything's oh wet and drippy yeah. and like bendable. So like, much KY he, jelly. He grabs the shoulder of when, oh. like before he transforms <laughs> yeah. and it just like his fingers. The imprint. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny cause there's, it's sort of a close neighbor to the body horror gore of like the fly. But that movie is a little more, I guess, grounded in in sort of a reality that this isn't. Yeah, this the music tells you like this is a stylized yeah. kind of movie story thing. But I really like how it kind of just just the premise kind of allows you to be like all bets are off. Like shit's just going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we're going to fucking go for it. And it throws it at you, again, just, like, the sheer amount of just effects happening. You know, I will say, remember when we watched Society and we were talking about how amazing it would be to have the the weird mom? I don't remember her name, but the the mom, the big woman who's just a... yeah, freaky, weird. Like, and you're like, why? Yeah, we're like, like have why her. Is she there? T- Remember, we said we were like, it'd be amazing if at some point she had turned into this like tentacled Lovecraftian thing. Oh yeah, they literally did the fucking thing we were talking about <laughs> in this movie, like the tentacle, weird, slimy, long arm, finger shit that went on from yeah. the the monster in this is what I was <laughs> thinking. Of that it's fucking exactly it. Uh, it's so good. And the moment when Pretorius is sort of, I think it's the second time we see him come through and he's pretty monstery kind of half half of his face is his monster mm-hmm. blobbed out on uh, maybe half his body or whatever and he's got barbara uh what's her name Catherine, um and he's like she's in her nightgown and he's he's like you know her boobs come out of course and then his fingers like elongate. Oh, that was creepy, man. And then he's like touching her with his weird long hand Ugh. and like rubbing it all over her body. I, I it felt was that so too. Good. Right? It was just like so. 
don't yeah. touch me. Yeah. It's like it's... the only way to make being touched by him worse was him to make weird little like squirmy, silly putty fingers appear like alien, yeah. like, uh. that's just it, man. Like all that body horror. When you say, when you get into this kind of realm where it's like kind of anything is available, like you could do whatever it's when you're disturbing the natural form it's so fun you know like yeah it would have been creepy to have this monstery guy put his hands all over her but taking it that one step further of like distorting his hand right that kind of shit's it's just fucking great well it's like it, the, the promise of the premise yeah I'm going for it. pursuing potent possibilities as i call it it really is it's it's just so pleasing to be like yeah that's where we're going that's what this movie is well and so alongside just the effects moments for effects moments and just the fun things they do with that. It's the, as I like said the word already, but the ongoing fracas of it all, fracases of it all, fracai. Fracai? Um, where, you know, this is how, how if you're going to go with the decision of like showing these creatures and full out going for it, they also like full out go with fighting them straight up and like you know like the basement fight with the worm like jumping across it yeah they have a gun at a lot of the points and yeah there's the axe and it's like just that kind of fun exactly like like fracas use the elements of the space in the room yeah you know and they come to play oh i'm about to destroy it but then the tentacle comes out and does that like <laughs> grabs you by the foot yeah it's like great like clear simple just immediate physical conflict yeah. and they're doing it yeah it's a, it's just it's a it is full-on fracas all the time <laughs> they're getting beat up and injured yeah <laughs> oh god i love the worm in the basement is yeah that as i said the row of teeth like my lamprey com- coming down this like having him come down the stairs he's full-on running you know he's full steam ahead yeah trying and to turn, turn off the turn power. in that corner and having that thing jump out of the water was so exciting to me yeah. i was like what the fuck is going on awesome we were pretty elated watching this film if you couldn't tell already <laughs> it's just fun dude i loved too how like once he turns into like crazy jeffrey combs with a craving for brain so his method for eating brain <laughs> is to like put his mouth over the eye socket and straight up like suck your brain I out. mean how else are you gonna do it this is so good <laughs> that's the that's just efficiency yeah um and then like the big finish of two of just again like effects wise the fact that it was happening at all him like kind of remind me of bad taste like the dimensional birthing out of the body of Pretorius Ugh. where it's like Pretorius is about to get her or whatever. And then he appears coming out of like his mouth or just him. Like, yeah. I don't even know. Just, like, initially pulls yeah. his body apart. That was out. so exciting. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. He's still alive. Crawford. <laughs> and it's good. And it's built in to the premise of like, if you can just kind of just appear from the other dimension, if they have that power now, yeah, like he, he's doing it. Well, and I really like this sort of weird, it, it, it's true to kind of the basic storytelling rules, I guess, mm-hmm. of like, look, Crawford's a cool dude and he's like, he's, he, we root for him and, and we like him and he's, he's pretty hero-y for most of it, but he does end up getting, you know, the bad turn and, and kills people and, you know, you can't get away with that. 
right? Like good storytelling sort of says there's a consequence to that for your character. And ultimately his kind of final act is his own sacrifice for the betterment of people, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of a altruism is where he gets to in, in, in not trying to save himself anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's appropriate. Right. And it's, fucking pleasing it's always pleasing right. it's like versus he, pursuing your own pleasure yeah. is represented as the other side exactly in this film. and so like when he pops out of there you're thinking oh shit awesome he's still alive but it's like had he gotten out of there and like killed and that had been it and he killed the guy and then he gets to like kiss barbara you know we would have been like yeah okay <laughs> but instead they eat each other to death <laughs> Death. It makes and we me so happy that that sentence can be said. Right. They eat each other like to from death. the inside, they they double eat at each other until they are just two blobby skulls chomping at each other. And he like his skull chomps at at Pretorius's arm that's still holding. Yeah. Um. What's her name? Catherine's leg. It's just like it's just like I just got when you amazing. said that like the mental image of like. A snake eating the tail of another snake that's eating its tail. You yes! know? <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's fucking great. So, like, props to fucking doing it right. Because, you know, I think it's easy to, if you're going to make a, a, a movie or write a story or whatever that it is sort of all bets are off, it can fall apart. You can kind of accidentally get caught up in just like, oh, well, there are no rules, so let's just fucking do whatever. And that's a that's a trap. Mm -hmm. Like you got to hold on to some rules like storytelling, still storytelling, even if the world that the story takes place in has no rules. The storytelling rules still apply. And they did a fucking really good job of keeping that. And and maybe I don't like you read the the Lovecraft story. So maybe there's. Having that foundation helps, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they probably would have done just as good a job without that. Yeah. I was going to get one of the things of notice yeah. as far as they t t took some pretty smart creative liberties with it. Cool. Just be, be in the spirit of it, but like, yeah, making it a film instead of a short story clearly. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have much more because I mean, of just, it's so breezy. Yeah. Well, I mean, just. I guess some specifics and we were kind of at the ending, mm. you know, the, the fact that it's like the literal explosive, exciting ending of like the bomb ticking down yeah. and her jumping out the window, like <laughs> yeah. just in time. And like, it's just fun that she's Dude. kind of become, you know, the, the hero now. What a genius thing too. They set up that window in the opening scene. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they reestablish it. I think three more times that like the first time, in the opening scene, he turns on the machine, that window, like we see light and some of the glass breaking. And then when Pretorius comes and turns it on, that glass like blows out and the neighbor gets pissed off. And that's what spurs on. I love all those light and effects. And then when they turn it on a third time later, it happens. And then the fourth time when they're in there in the final fracas, we see the window and we kind of know, oh, that's her way out. It's just that's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff, too, of just, like, switching it on and it's, like, how are they going to show dimensions, like, act, you know, activating? 
just this straight up just fun light effects you know yeah. and sound effects yeah. like totally just like a perfect kind of hokey yep you know they're following all the right rules too it's like you turn the machine on shit gets red <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? and it's one of those switches that's just those satisfying like <laughs> yeah. bottom to top switches like yep I don't know what those are called. Lots of switches. Um, I think it's like called a throw switch or something like and that. I was kind of taken with the actual like ending moment being the perfect like horror movie ending where it's kind of like she won, but she lost just that kind of mm. always like the mixed bag ending is always yeah. the perfect movie ending. Well, and so like it's well, yeah, like what it is, is when she's like laughing hysterically, yeah. even though she's saved and saved the day, she's, she's now fucked. Yeah. The implication is so bad because her character, who which was completely predicated on giving people who have been accused of being insane the opportunity to, like, state their case. Mm -hmm. She ends – her character ends with knowing that nobody will give her that opportunity. Yeah. She's super fucked. Yeah. And and we all know she – and she knows she's going to end up in an asylum – which and feels nothing like, she says is going to be enough to get her out of it. It's almost like a fate worse than death, you know, like how yeah. they, oh, we'll, we'll like when she's, oh, we'll just shock her. We'll put her in this padded room. Like all that <laughs> stuff is more horrifying to me yeah. than being in another dimension. Like, you know, like at yeah. least you have your freedom in another dimension. <laughs> I mean, considering what this movie is, there's some really good commentary on how fucked up that like not listening to people is oh, yeah, and like how where that can go and how bad it can get that other sadistic doctor who's yeah. like looking forward to giving her he the shock was treatment so fired up and so disappointed when they didn't get to shock her <laughs> yeah it's like what a piece of shit um okay one last big thing tim because this was like can't go without mentioning is how incredible this is and you need to help me pick it apart okay why it's so good because it's like unlike any other film where you had this opportunity to like look at this metaphor Mm. but the metaphor of the pineal gland as the phallus sure yeah and then like and then if that wasn't enough then it getting bitten off by the female (laughs) amazing Right. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, in very most basic broad strokes, the whole metaphor is for sexual desire. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that's the metaphor. Oh, By the way, that was really cool how they worked it in. There is some connection about like pineal gland sexuality, you know, sex drive. So it's like it's cool that they made it work by not just having a one off weird moment. But there are lots of cool little moments throughout. Yeah. So just from a sort of a broad standpoint of of like thematically. Yeah. You know, saying, look. We are creatures of desire, and if we flip the switch, if we allow if we allow desire to be the ruling thing, you know, bad shit can can kind of happen. Well, and and we shouldn't we can't allow ourselves to be driven solely by this this masculine desire thing. Well, that's what was so good because we often only think of like the masculine desire in terms of, just the physical realm control, like, you know, like this sex in the physical right. sense. Um, and to have it 
like where instead though the metaphor is if like the pineal pineal gland represents the kind of he's going for the pleasure and attainment and is kind of like he's you know it, they quote unquote genius they keep calling him mm. as well as kind of a certain spiritual attainment we don't often make the associations of those more kind of like heady aspirations or then um kind of like going down whatever that unhealthy rabbit hole is if that's the kind of person you are with the you know that same like over masculine mm-hmm. you know phalluses metaphor right like I, I haven't seen that like don't, there's not a lot of stuff about this kind of that can do that it's it's cool because in a weird way it's both really really subtle commentary on kind of like oh man like how do you describe this i wish i knew the terminology better but like let's call it you know like the the uh, the shadow self and the and the like the uh, altruistic self right mm-hmm. like that spectrum and you know at the bottom of that spectrum in the shadow sort of realm desire or pleasure let's say is kind of basic right it's it's reduced down to like put put the p in the v or p- just stick it in a thing right that's that's the most basic function of that spectrum yeah and if you get all the way to the top of these sort of more altruistic side of things you're more in this sort of uh what would you call that more of the like intimate what it what actual intimacy is like and like the, the feminine energy yeah side. and and so like this movie has that stuff sort of represented in this very like rudimentary almost way but it's fucking it's brilliant yeah in how it's it's it's, it's pointing at it in such a well, straightforward yeah, raw because way it's like the penis coming out of his brain right. representing like you know as i said like the the, the smarts your intellect and like, overriding yeah the, the the like the the intellectual not common sense but the intellectual like who you actually want to be is being overridden like your brain self is being overridden by this yeah. penis self <laughs> <laughs> and the physical thing flopping around is so good it's yeah. so when it's she bites so it off. straight up what it is yeah it's crazy how fucking effective that is mm-hmm. as a metaphor in in especially in the sort of the 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 imagery of it is like yeah i get it it's got the little head which is <laughs> yeah. like the gland you know dude and the idea that like all of this like the stimulation or the resonance is what's causing that thing to grow mm-hmm. i mean it's like it might as well you might as well have just put a dildo on their forehead <laughs> yeah right like it's the same thing but i get that it's but it's so directly tied to intellectual and spiritual pursuits and mm-hmm. sort of like yeah i don't know it was just well i love <laughs> i think what's really great about what they're doing is is they're leaning in on this idea of being taken over by the kind of negative or basal side of that thing mm-hmm. right when right that it if, doesn't have to be right like we that it's it's so hard into kind of like the you know horror from the paradoxical i always say of like okay well we of course all want to be doing better and to like grow as people which you know is like which is just kind of spiritual enlightenment mm-hmm. in a sense is kind of what we mean when we say that 
but yet it's coming from a very human, you know, place of um, we want to experience pleasure and not displeasure is like a lot of times that's sort of what we can immediately connect to as a driving force. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think a good example of how, well, when, when she has become, uh, Catherine has sort of become overtaken with this, like this shadow sort of side of, of things. And she's just trying to bang essentially. And she puts on the, like the leather outfit and everything. And, um, Bubba comes in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And she's just sort of like, I'm doing my thing. Like this is, this is it. And he grabs her and he puts her in front of a mirror. He goes, Hey, like fucking look at yourself for a second. And having that sort of like, Oh wait, right. Like I need to see myself. The horror comes from that she you know i think we could relate to it when he asks like who are you and she goes i don't know she's she's experiencing that side of herself and she's like this is me i'm just for once feeling like confident in it you know yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my point is like getting into that realm mm-hmm. like the commentary of that is it's i think what makes it good to me is that they're commenting on it in sort of a broad way and not telling us what the answer is well, they that, don't they're not saying, oh, you know, don't have fucking premarital sex because then you'll be a bad person. Right. right. They're just sort of saying, hey, man, this is who we are. And like, we don't really need to know the answer. But like, we're all we're all in it. Well, it's kind of like just the 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 sexuality, not, you know, having to be like taboo or just mm-hmm. in general in society to an extent certain extent right to to say oh well like this you know your your private time can only be isolated to that as far as your like your knowable personality that's allowed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's yeah again i don't know some some horror to mind from that just as far as how we we aren't totally you know as we we still got a lot to figure out (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i mean there's yeah we could go down i I mean i could go down a, a slippery path of of just like how well, i guess at the end of the day in the most simple terms how many the, how human how many human beings are trapped in this in this realm within themselves of fighting against an idea of who they should be and who and the desires that they actually have underneath. And you can kind of see like there's a spectrum to that. There are people who rail against, you know, pornography or like whatever thing that they consider morally bad. And like time and again, the people who are the loudest about it are the ones who are fucking doing it in the shadows or the in their own like, lives. Right. The ones who need that safe word the most. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so like, I think that that or or probably have, but also say I'm not necessarily maybe doing it in the shadows, but where they're coming from is the suppressing it or exactly, exactly about it. Yeah. Right. And I think that just broadly having that kind of thing in a movie like this is really cool. It just, it's, it is a part of the human condition in a way. Right. And it just speaks to the, like, it's, it didn't, it didn't require any, like, it didn't feel like it was shoved in there or anything. Not at all. It's just sort of there. It's just kind of like, 
Hey, yeah. It's in the it's in the it's in the whatever of the the, the script, the film, the story even, weaved in. And maybe we're pulling this out of it, but like even when Crawford has really gone off the deep end and and is just sucking brains out of people's heads, he ends up in the uh, he's in the hospital and and the shitty doctor who looks kind of like a mix between Andrew Garfield and Quentin Tarantino. Um <laughs> She comes in and finds him. She comes in. Yeah, I know. Physically, he is. He has found discarded brains, and he is eating them. And there's something just in that, like that. It's not necessarily about uh, sexual desire, but it's about like. In this case, he's. You know, the metaphor of eating a brain is like consuming intelligence or consuming you know something about what the brain holds yeah you know it's an organ and it like right more knowledge more knowledge right eating more knowledge yeah and so like even that like he's in that realm and that's kind of for his character whereas pretorius is like i just want to fuck yeah you know it's like it's showing a well pretorius is the pleasure side of it which is tied to the knowledge i want to see more and experience ultimate pleasure yeah and crawford's whole thing is like more knowledge and it's like the um you know beyond any uh physical pleasure is we will uh like conjoin our minds right. it's like he sees that yeah you know themes in society yeah well. yeah it's good stuff and uh okay lastly just when I, I glossed over was just i kind of like knew this was like i don't know i was like thinking like oh is this a buy it film pretty early on because um i mean a lot of the stuff but one of the things i didn't mention was when they just get the the, the, when they think out the details you know they're there like it's so it was so silly of course you know how they do like the chalk outline of the bodies it was like so perfect that it's one of those movies but the fact that the chalk body they had the little nub of the headless person where Where it was twisted we see it just so briefly but it's like the it was just like the fact that they included the nub yeah it just made me so happy (laughs) just having a chalk outline yeah like that's such a kind of fucking hokey <laughs> because it's funny cartoonish thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's okay. the world. And then um yeah, and then like <laughs> music perfectly set the tone. I I barely even remember the music. It's yeah. just like right right where it needed to be apparently. Um great. So, so well, all right, anything for what should we move on? What did not work? I I just want to say I really like <laughs> Just that there's kitschiness in it. For example, when Crampton, um, Crampton, <laughs> Barbara, uh, Catherine, her character's name, when she's 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 uh, I think it's before I think it's before she's sprayed the machine with with the fire extinguisher foam, and she's like, we just got to turn it off, and she just unplugs it, and there's like. 12 different plugs and she goes around and she unplugs if we watch her unplug every single one and she and i was like well we were watching it being like and and this one and this one (laughs) pulling each one out and you think in the moment it's just sort of a funny thing to have it totally comes back around because pretorius like energies those plugs back into the fucking machine and it's like (laughs) and it's just fucking it's kitschy as fuck and it but I like that stuff, especially for this era. It's 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 again, it's kind of the same vein of the kitschiness of like Evil Dead Two that I really like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and just you fun. You can 
homage, pay tribute. There's a way to just crack it, but you can never recreate like no. these. It's that's why I think it was just so fun to like kind of dig up. This is why we're doing the show. We want to dig up yeah. these like here's an '80s like film that you can only have been made in 1986. Which is I think our first film from '86. Wow. Um, <laughs> Maybe one other. I actually no, no. I think there's one, one more. Can you guess what it is? Eighty six. Is it something I loved? No. <laughs> I wouldn't say loved. Eighty six. Oh God. Poltergeist two. Yep. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My birth year as well. Wow. I know it. Young man. <laughs> Depends on your perspective. I guess so. Um, all right. All right. All right. Now we move on. Yeah. All right. If there was anything, let's find out what did not work. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, I'll, I got to do the thing I do where it's like, and I've only have question marks next to these things. Okay. Where it's, it's like they, they worked for me, but at the same time, there's another part of me. I'm going to say all this stuff still worked for me, but also there were times like when the music just kicks in time with like, don't, 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 don't. Uh-huh. And it's just like, so just kind of like entered full Saturday morning cartoon territory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what it is though, right, which is why I, I say it still works, but like just, you know, on a first viewing can just maybe whatever. I mean, I'm just digging stuff here up too, guys. Cause we loved it clearly. And I, then, yeah, I, I, I think that the one thing, and it's just an era thing, not that this is just justified. It's just, this is a product of us now living in today, 2020 and this movie being made 36 years ago or 34 years ago or whatever. <laughs> I'm not that old. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when it was made, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, but like, the Bubba character is such a fucking like cringy kind of like cliche to me. You know, I'm the I'm like this big big streetwise black guy. It's like because his name is Bubba Brownlee. I mean, he's like I used to be a football player. It's like can we? He knows about please? what a, what a addicts look like. Yeah, like Jumpies. I've seen it on. It's just. Ugh. Yeah. It was so like I don't even know. Oh, I like you, you know what I mean. Too stylish though. It's it's such a fucking bad cliche that was done so much in I think a disservice to right. like totally like, all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Shoot. so when you see it now, you just kind of go, Ugh, yeah, God, that was a thing. Fucking hell, Bubba. Like if I saw that done today, I think my head would fucking explode. <laughs> right. Like if I watched a movie and they were just doing that again. And it wasn't like a scary movie type spoof. Right. Where they're like, no, there's, yeah, exactly. It's just, oh, um, it's similarly kind of the music. Like where I get, I loved it like for what it is, but like the effects you could tell they just weren't on like par of like the thing, you know, they weren't, which was even four years older, but it's like sheer just budget time constraints, just kind of like, like, you know, the pineal gland, how it moves, like rather than being kind of like the trench 11, just kind of like uh-huh. actual worm thing. It's like, okay, yeah, it is just like a thing on a string. And again, it like it works yeah. and I like totally love it and wouldn't want to change it for what it is. I'm just 
because this is when we don't really have anything where we talk about just <laughs> these other minor feelings that may have popped up. Yeah. I mean, if I had to fucking get if that's a thing to pick at, you know, the animated winged monster some of the bigger ones yeah yeah like there's only a couple frames worth of it but the coloring is so much different in the animated version it's very similar to an army of darkness when the winged like claymation monster or shows like up when it was more evil dead 2 at the end when the winged it, thing the exactly same winged thing yeah. shows up so yeah you know okay like right exactly i guess that's it, mm, it sort of doesn't work only in that i'm like seeing it great all right you know exactly <laughs> let's move on then to finish you know what i i do have the one i really that did not work for me is how much vomit was on that homeless dude oh my god you, you wanted more no <laughs> she's did you see the pile a vomit that she is sweeping out of the ambulance and then no. they cut to him and it is all over and it's like green it's not really like barf colored you Ugh, know i didn't notice that, that makes me my i just barf is so unpleasant i feel to like me. that's just one more thing for me to look forward to next time <laughs> and i would have put it on things that worked had i noticed Ugh, it's like, i hate it i hate barf I'll take fucking all sorts of other gore shit, <laughs> but barf is. Ugh. Have I got some stories for you? Too? No, I don't want. <laughs> all right, how about it then? Things right. of thing things things <laughs> of note. Things of note. <laughs> this should be interesting. Okay, so much stuff. There's so much stuff. What do you got? Well, okay, do you want me to go down this, the pineal gland a little bit? Here's some fun stuff. If you're ready. Yeah, okay. So, it's pretty much in every um, animal, essentially. Except, which I think is, this is what makes it noteworthy. Except for in the hagfish. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it responds to light. Right. The lamprey. Um, and I think there's one other listed now. Oh, the lancet. All of these things are eel shaped or are eels. So the note being that I assume this is why they had the eel creatures being from the beyond that come through is that there is a correlation to these animals, these eels that don't have this particular gland that the movie is talking about. And they just sort of are like, well, let's use those. Yeah. Like, why? Why the fuck not? <laughs> um, the 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 actual function of this gland, as far as we know, do it is serotonin. It's, yeah, it's just producing serotonin yeah. and melatonin. It said I re I'm looking at this here where they, they found. Um, other chemicals that they don't know what they are anyways i don't i don't want to just be reading no, an article no. to people so yeah it's i think the the overview that you can kind of take away from it is although we know what it does at least some of the stuff it does it's a very odd thing yeah and there's just that odd, we still don't know a lot about yeah there's just odd stuff about it and like what the fuck so then you get into so the, the medical stuff being the medical stuff and what we kind of know about it but i think it's super interesting 
why and how all of the kind of metaphysical and philosophical ideas about this gland, like where that all came from. I think partially you can kind of say, okay, we've been cracking heads open since the beginning of time, right? And like people have been looking at that shit and going, oh, I wonder what this does. But like at some point, people started going, well, maybe it's this metaphysical stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. it's connected to the soul. Maybe it's this other thing. And then that starts getting, you know, philosophized about. Well, and you probably know more about the th- sort of third eye and, and like, oh. you know, other, other realms, you know, <laughs> philosophy stuff. Because that's not something I've really dove into. But like, it's a pretty interesting, you know, You know what? Topic. I think we should, we should do some research if we can and, and come back to it next week as, yeah. a, as a touching back. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I just think it's cool that we as humans and historically got into this particular little thing and made some weird connections slash leaps yeah. <laughs> about what it may or may not do. And that that led us to a guy maybe picking up some anatomy books and then going, I'm going to write a short story about this. I'm just reading. I just think that's fucking, it's great. <laughs> these two. Like two, inspiration. These two guys, whatever, in this article, it's talking about doing research on it back in the day. They believe that there are other undiscovered chemicals being manufactured by the pineal for they see signs of enzyme activity, which cannot be accounted for by either serotonin or melatonin. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Other non-pineal, pineal, I just want to say pineal, pineal, whatever. <laughs> well. Things of note you have. Yeah. I mean, the reason it's called, it's pineal is it's Latin for pine cone. Oh. Because it's shaped like one. Oh. Um, <laughs> what else you got? Uh, what else do I got? Well, I think we have to say, even though it's kind of obvious, like Brian Usna was the producer on this one directed society exactly and And if you have not seen that you are fucking up in life (laughs) yeah (laughs) great so definitely uh yeah you you ended up giving it a rent it this one no no uh society society yeah i think i did i think i did because the the campy acting is so hard to swallow even though i know it's purposeful (laughs) really wow you were mad I gave it a buy. It's one of our, I gave it a buy. You gave it a stream. Wow. I'm I'd telling probably, you, it grows on you. Yeah. In hindsight, now that time has gone by, <laughs> I'd probably give it a rent. Um, and also a connection to the film. I really gave that a stream. Mm-hmm. What an idiot. <laughs> um, you know who did the effects? Not screaming Mad George. Damn it. <laughs> but John Carl, Buch- I don't know how you say his last name, Buchler, Buchler. Hmm. He directed Troll. Oh, your favorite. Yeah. Not Troll 2, Troll. <laughs> um, cool. Um, I mean, obviously the Lovecraft. So you can you expand yeah, on the Lovecraft some, some, like, angle? Si- similarities and differences. Um, so it's just the main character that what, what's his Pretorius? name? Pretorius? No, no, it's it's there is no Pretorius. Oh, Crawford. Yeah, it's just Crawford okay. in the book. So it was cool as sort of like to form an an actual antagonist. Uh-huh. It makes sense to yeah, like, yeah, okay, definitely. we'll have just have him manifested like that. Um and it doesn't sort of say anything too like specific as far as like what the 
the creatures are, except for there's like a vague, like some presence walked by or like could feel yeah. something walking. But it does mention the the main thing is the um the the which we didn't mention the uh not squid um jellyfish type guys oh right yeah i forgot about their own oh yeah that moment when the one like manifests and and bites bubba yeah yeah they have rows of teeth yeah um so that's like the one kind of creature it describes i said uh the street name was the same that (laughs) was funny well it's a very lovecraftian thing to to not really describe a thing other than like you know it's always like the horror it's, mm-hmm. you know, a terrifying horror appeared. And it's yeah. like, well, what, what the fuck? Right. It's just vague enough, but like, he uses really good, like, almost descriptive language that's not really describing anything. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which is great. Um, but, you know, still in the attic, that was described very similarly is like the mm. sloping wall, the dim light coming through. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, not much. Is it worth a read, I guess, is yes, my question. Yes, it was question. so short. Um, really, like, what, five, ten pages? Uh, I don't know, because I read it online. Oh. But it's <laughs> it's not long. It's on the shorter end. Cool. Um, I read, like, maybe the first quarter last night and the rest in, like, the 15, 20 minutes today. Oh, right. Before we recorded. Yeah, that's, okay, that's pretty short. Um, other cool. things I had, though... I thought it was cool. We mentioned while watching it, you know, kind of similar to society. You could see maybe making similar calls, doing what they know. The um, They went for just like society with the opening credits. There is an obscured background mm-hmm. yeah. of like things in close up. So it was like weird worms. Yeah, I think for, they were meal worms. For this one, when it was like the, the, the bodies melding in society. But um, this is fun to say, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're, they got their little toolkit. They're doing it. <laughs> Worked for them once. Yep. Tim, was the dog's name at the beginning Bunny? <laughs> I don't know. With that, this kind of, <laughs> that was the real head trip of this movie for me. <laughs> it's calling it, if that, if that was true, talking, that's what I heard, calling a dog Bunny. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I dated a woman once whose dog name was Piggy. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> You're piggy. <laughs> Maybe speaking of piggy, what the heck was Ken Forey cooking? <laughs> oh my god. Can you tell us if you're listening what yeah. that was? Was it some sort of like... like is it is it first I was like is it like like ste- like potatoes? Then I was like is it mashed cauliflower like over like a meat? Like what is it? Yeah, it was like it looked like chicken, like stuffed chicken. They were like just but white, with, but blobs. like with white mashed potatoes or something on top of it. But like, <laughs> it was so weird. What the fuck was it? He, he like, we both were like, "What? He, he like is going on?" Served himself two or three of yeah. them. <laughs> um, it looked. I mean, personally, it looked delicious. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll take two. <laughs> okay, but um, do you have anything else? Um, anything from the making of wait a minute dude, dude, dude. it was Dino... all shot in Italy with an Italian crew was, that's to... what I was just going to say it was all Dino De Laurentiis yeah who are they talking about here oh Gordon he also did dolls yeah that one's kooky Ooh. super kooky yeah so you know <laughs> <laughs> that, going on at the same time yeah uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna. I like this guy. Okay, Tim, 
I got the one I wanted to end on here. Uh, back to the story itself. There was a passage, if you'd like to hear it, I would mm. love to read. Yeah. Because it is the the kind of moment where, where Tillinghast is his name. Which, okay, so same name as the as the one in the movie. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Dr. Crawford Tillinghast. What a, what a name. What a Lovecraftian name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's sort of like when he's laying out, you know, when the, the it's always the protagonist is the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of when Crawford is laying it out to him for the first time. So like aside from the specifics of like the story that he gets into here, I like this is what's so cool about Lovecraft is like he he allows us the kind of portal into like how we can buy it, you know? Like in this this film, we'd say, oh, you know, ultraviolet light. It's real. Like, we can't see it, you know? <laughs> sure. You know? Um, so anyway, to an extent here, Tim, I agree with him. So I wanted to read it. What do we know of the world and the universe about us? Our means of receiving impressions are absurdly few, and our notions of surrounding objects infinitely narrow. We see things only as we are constructed to see them and can gain no idea of their absolute nature. With five feeble senses, we pretend to comprehend the boundlessly complex cosmos, yet other beings with a wider, stronger, or different range of senses might not only see very differently the things we see, but might see and study whole worlds of matter, energy, and life, which lie close at hand, yet can never be detective with the senses we have." I have always believed that such strange, inaccessible worlds exist at our very elbows, elbows, and now I believe I have found a way to break down the barriers. I am not joking. Within 24 hours, that machine near the table will generate waves acting on unrecognized sense organs that exist in us as atrophied or rudimentary vestiges. Those consider organic life. We shall see that as which dogs howl in the dark and that at which cats prick up their ears at midnight, after midnight. (laughs) We shall see these things and other things which no breathing creature has yet seen. We shall overleap time, space, and dimensions and without bodily motion peer to the bottom of creation. Wow. (laughs) Cool stuff, right? Very. I love it. It's such a fucking fun thing to read. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wanted to read it. So thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, f- recommendations. Sure. Oh. Um, I watched. Um, <laughs> oh. I had a couple. Um, I'll. Uh, let's do. So, okay. Um, Netflix had a movie. Has a movie called Rattlesnake. Um, and I kind of was just, you know, I was skipping through looking for something to watch and just saw the, um, the summary of it. And I was like, eh, whatever. But then got distracted and you know how Netflix auto plays a little bit. I hate that. Yeah. It's annoying. But in this case, it actually made me watch the movie. That's why they do it. (laughs) Um, because the opening premise is simply that this woman is driving through Texas with her maybe, I don't know, six, seven-year-old kid, probably something like that. And they get a flat tire, and 
while the woman is trying to change the tire, the daughter kind of wanders into the brush. Like it's just open desert kind of Texas-y, brushy, and gets bitten by a rattlesnake. And that alone was like enough for me to go, oh shit, I want to see how they fucking figure this out because that's <laughs> yeah. that's a bad scenario. <laughs> you are in the middle of fucking nowhere and your kid got bit by a rattlesnake. Like what the fuck do you do? And so then I'm like went down this my own personal rabbit hole of being like, what do you do if you get bit by a rattlesnake? Like, do you try to like suck the venom out or like put a tourniquet on or like whatever the fuck? And I looked that up and it's like the first thing it said is do not <laughs> try to suck the venom out. Do not put a tourniquet on. I was like, well, who the fuck said that? Why is that even a thing that we think is the thing to do? What the fuck? Because movies? Yeah. Oh, so you I must pee so. on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I ended up watching it and it is a totally, I mean, that is what happens in the beginning is what spurs things on. But it's actually kind of this uh, um, kind of a morality tale movie. And I won't give anything else away. Otherwise, it's giving it away. But it, it's quite good. It's a newer film. Yeah, it's, it's brand new. Um, I would, it's pretty short. I think it's right at maybe 90 minutes, maybe just under. Um, it does kind of just feel more like an episode of, it's almost Twilight zone or, um, maybe Black Mirror-ish, but not the, not the sort of technology, but the vibe of Black Mirror of like, yeah. oh shit, what the fuck's actually going on and how are we going to solve this morality issue? Um, cool. So yeah, it's worth it. Um, uh, I would, I would, you I recommend would, I would recommend Dead It. <laughs> I'm going to recommend Dead <laughs> I hadn't seen it. Um, felt like I'd always been recommended it over the years. I've been one I'd been meeting to watch. But from 1981, My Dinner with Andre. Oh, yeah. You must have seen it. I have. It's cool. Really neat as an exercise, too, of just like knowing how they wrote it, of where just Wallace, Sean, and Andre Gregory like recorded their conversations for a few days. Yeah. Had this massive, massive um, transcription of it all. And uh, then edited it down to a screenplay. And it was really neat just to see the end result of that and, like, be really taken with, like, oh, shoot. It's, like, one of those, you know, the, the end note. Like, how do they decide on the ending? Mm. Nothing too obvious. Like, just kind of uh, – it, it was cool. I'm glad I saw it and I can recommend edit. Yeah, I think that was our required viewing in my theater degree. Yeah, quite really cool just to see it as that acting exercise also. Yep. A lot of lines to learn. How do you guys do it? Those two actually also did a, a stage production for film of Uncle Vanya. Okay. Which is quite good, too. Cool. A lot and of good actors in that. If you're watching it on, um, I watched it on the Criterion channel. They had a good, like, hour-long behind-the-scenes interview with Jesus. both of them separately. That was oh, pretty cool. recent. Nice. It's fun. All right, uh, should we pick next week's film? Yeah, we should. Wait, where's the hat? Let's go. Oh, oh, what's that noise? Tim, you don't know what that noise is by now? No. Well, that Please noise tell me, Ryan. is our skull bike bell. And the, when the skull bike bell rings, it means we are going to see a new release film in theaters. Wow. Tim, this will be the first 2020 <laughs> film I think I've seen. Uh, I saw yeah. Cats came out in 2019. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> How horrifying was that? Uh, beyond. It was from the beyond. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Wow. Okay. Well. So we're going to ring in the new year yeah. 
in tradition, probably, because it hasn't been getting great reviews Fuck. with the remake of the remake. Yes. The Grudge. Wow. Can you imagine? Which I was so excited for. It's got, we watched, we liked The Eyes of My Mother by the director, yeah. Nicholas Pesci. This is written and directed by him. I'm like, cool. Like, I want to see him do a grudge movie. Just the, the feedback has been abysmal. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb and just make a, I'm going to make a guess and hope that it's true. <laughs> My guess is that the bad criticism that the uh, reviews that this is getting is because people are wanting it to be like the bad remake. That's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm hoping, but I feel like it is just <laughs> like the bad remake. Fuck. Well, we'll find, find out. out soon enough, Tim. All right. Let's well, go do it. Okay. And uh, until you hear us talk about the remake of the remake, The Grudge, uh, you can find us at Dismembering or Where Are We? What are I we mean, doing? what a mess. What a fucking mess. Can you think about this for a second. We watched the third installment of the Grudge series, the Juan series, Grudge, right? Yeah. So, which, which, so is the third of how many? Six? You you went down a long path on this yeah, one, I remember. There's Juon, the, there's the first two before Juon the Grudge, like the straight to video ones. Then Juon the Grudge was the one we watched. It's like the more famous theatrical one. Then after that is the sequel. Then after that is, I think there might be another one in between, but maybe not. There, but I'm pretty sure it goes to White Ghost and Black Ghost, <laughs> which I tried turning on the other day and we're just like terrible but they have the unique uh notification be the only films ever released simultaneously oh that's right like, yeah 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 i remember that um <laughs> and then there may be another one but then it goes on to the one that i've recommended before and probably will again the sadako versus kayako the ring meets the grudge okay movie, which is like because <laughs> i remember being really good and i'll probably watch it after this and then obviously there's the, the and then western the remake two, yeah the american remake and, and its sequel, sequel. And so now, full circle. No, it's like a, it's a non-circle. You know what I got to say about it? Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, oh, no, don't do it. I can't take it. I got to get out of this room. Why are you on the ceiling? <laughs> Until next time, you can... Visit us at dismemberinghorror.com. Find all our old episodes. We're on all of the podcast platforms. It's true. Yeah. But what do we really want from them, Tim? Love and compassion? Yes. In the form of reviews and telling <laughs> your friends. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I think just at the end of the day, I want more people who want to listen to this to know that it exists. So, a so big, however that happens. A big way that can happen is if you're listening to it and having fun as much fun as we have talking about it and i do mean that yeah um yeah tell a friend i will say it's interesting i'm never not excited to sit down and talk about i think that's shit. why we're still doing yeah. it yeah <laughs> that's cool great all right well then in closing <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> thanks for listening uh and we will see you next time goodbye Ha 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 ha!